Okay, yeah, we just thank you so much for Verena, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this time where we can still ourselves, where we can just get into deeper into the word of God. Mm-hmm. We thank you for the amazing gifting that she has in releasing your word, in teaching us, in helping us to get deeper, Lord. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit yes. will be upon her, that what, come, what comes out of her mouth would be pure gold, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you just remove that? Otherwise, I'll probably trip over it. Okay. As you probably know by now, I, I'll give you a, another handout, a little bit of homework. <laughs> Unfortunately, the hour uh, photocopier is packed up out there, so I've got a few copies. I've got 20 copies, so... Maybe you could share, but I think what I'll do is we'll send it out per email, maybe. So those of you who want to have a... Because I've actually put some homework on this. You know, you all know I'm a teacher, and you always have to give homework. So there's suggestions of for you what you can do, follow up, do a bit more study. Could I have a helper here to give out? Yeah, so it's uh, one, each. one each, yeah. So if you could just sort of spread them around so you can have... Or those who want one, if you could share. Right, what we're going to do is going to look at uh, in Matthew. We are still in Matthew 26. Last week you had Richard. Unfortunately, I wasn't here. But uh, those of you who were here, uh, I've been told by my husband that he talked about people on their journeys. Is that right? journeys with the Lord and how they fit into the journey. So who was on the journey last week? Anybody remember? Which people did he talk about? Now, who listened last week? (laughs) Sorry? Okay, the woman who anointed Jesus, I think one of the most beautiful stories of the whole Bible, I think. And Jesus said that everywhere the gospel will be preached, these stories will be told about this woman who has no name. She's probably a prostitute or whatever. And her story will be told everywhere. Anything else? Who else was in there? Huh? Caiaphas was in there, yeah. He probably didn't get such a good press. <laughs> I've got a feeling. The disciples, yeah. I think that's about it. Was there anybody else? Judas. Judas. He got a bit of a mention. He gets a bit. So I'm just going to take it on from there. So we are in uh, chapter 26 on from verse 17 to 45. That's what we're going to look at today. So I'm going to read the passage first, and then I'm going to draw out a few things. So it starts with verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, 
one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him and to one another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord? Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi? Jesus answers, answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, This very night you all will fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you not, will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, 
and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. I want to look at three things, as all good preachers do. So, uh, and what I'm going to talk about today is choices. Choices that we all have to make along the way. And I'm going to compare different people with each other and different things with each other. So the first thing I'm going to go, go compare, as you see, I've got three tables. Uh, the first one is I'm going to look at Peter and the disciples on one hand and Judas on the other. Then I'm going to compare the Passover, because this is what is happening here, is the Passover of back in the Exodus and what's happening here. And then I'm going to look at, what Peter, uh, at how Jesus prays and compare that with his prayer earlier on in Matthew, which is what we call the Lord's Prayer. So the first thing I wanted to point out is what is the difference between Judas and Peter? I mean, it's not just Peter. It's also the other disciples. But poor old Peter always gets, gets picked out because he's always the one who makes the comments and puts his foot in and all that sort of thing. Because as I put it down here, Peter says, surely don't, you don't mean me, Lord. Or actually, they all said that. And Judas said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. So the only difference between the two, when Jesus says that somebody is going to betray him, is this difference in Lord and Rabbi. Yeah? And you can put quite a lot of significance on that in the sense that Lord is obviously is the Lord God and Rabbi is just a human being. It's just a teacher, an ordinary master like lots of people were called rabbi. There was lots of them. But there was only one Lord. And so they obviously have a little bit of a different attitude of how they look at the Lord. But what I put in the middle is the heart. Because it's all about... Uh, you remember once I preached about the matter of the heart and the heart of the matter? You remember that yeah. one? And every time I preach, I seem to come back to that. Because it's always about what's going on in your heart. And... On the face of it, there isn't actually that much difference between the two sides. Because I put down some words in the middle. Now, and when later on, when Peter said, I will never betray you. Absolutely never. Famous last words, yeah? Because <laughs> surely, surely, quite soon afterwards, he denied him three times, not just once. But, you know, were they really so bad? Was Judas really so bad? I don't think there was actually much difference between them all because they were all confused. They all didn't understand. They didn't know what was going on. They were all, what is he talking about? He's going to die. We don't want him to die. He said he was going to save us. He said he was going to restore the kingdom. What's going on? So quite frankly, everybody was shocked, was confused, frustrated probably disappointed, and it's, it's a very fine line. The only real difference between the two, and as we all know, Peter ended up being restored, didn't he? He became one of the biggest leaders. Judas killed himself. 
So the difference was life, life-giving, and death. But there wasn't much difference, actually. The only difference between the two was that one chose to trust in spite of all the questions, in spite of all the confusion, in spite of all the, I haven't got a clue what's going on. And the other one couldn't bring himself. He couldn't bring himself to trust. And that was the only difference. And it's a very fine line, you know. Apart from that, they were practically the same. And a few years, I don't know when it was, a few years ago I preached about Saul and David. Maybe somebody might remember that. There wasn't much difference between the two. <coughs> David was terrible. You know, he killed, he committed adultery, he, was, he lied, he cheated. He was terrible. And yet, God says, he's after my own heart. Now, how can you say that? Because... And I put down at the bottom, the only thing really did that was the difference is they chose to submit in spite of all the doubts. They, and he repented. They turned around. I don't think they really understood. I don't think they really understood what was going on. But in the midst of it, they chose to trust. And you know... That's exactly what happened back in the Garden of Eden. Adam chose not to trust God. And Jesus is the second Adam. He chose to trust God. We will talk about Jesus later on. Because he went through exactly the same. I think we are all confused. We all don't know what's going on at times, do you? Well, I certainly do. (laughs) Most of the time I haven't got a clue what's going on. But the only difference is that we choose to submit to God in spite of not understanding. And that is what makes the big difference between life and death. So it's not that Judas was a miserable old man, terrible, you know, really wicked. He just started thinking things. He got really frustrated with Jesus. That's what people think. He just got really disillusioned because he thought Jesus was going to be this big king, was going to kill the Romans and restore the kingdom. And he, what did he do? He just going to come and die? How is that going to sort anything out? He was really frustrated, probably. He was disillusioned. Huh? Yes. And instead of choosing to trust the Lord, he entertained those thoughts. And I believe he just got more wrapped up and more wrapped up. He got more frustrated. He got more disillusioned. And he... And there came a point when it was too late. He couldn't turn around anymore. He did later on realize that he was wrong, didn't he? But it was too late. He had gone too far. And I think, I put the little thing under there, consider for us, the challenge to us is what is going on in our heads and hearts, you know? What thoughts do we entertain? Because if we allow our thoughts to go that way... Before we know, we'd be very hard to turn back. It's not that their thoughts are not there. We all, well, maybe you don't. I certainly have a lot of doubts, a lot of questions. I do not understand most things. But (laughs) I have to keep, 
like you were saying this morning, you know, the only thing you can do is just focus on the Lord and hope for the best and sometimes, you know, but then you get the experience that you're doing the right thing. You, it, it gets confirmed. But we have to make these choices all the time, don't we? Every day, every single day. Because, I mean, my brain is constantly bombarded with, I feel depressed, I feel, you know, miserable and all, woe is me and all that. You obviously don't do have those thoughts, but I do anyway. I hold up my hand. <laughs> and it's literally a case of do I choose to turn around and face that way rather than... Because it's easier to go that way, isn't it, to follow your thoughts and give in to them. It's, but there comes a point when it's not easier and where it's the difference between life and death, as it happened with Peter and Judas. So... I, I just wanted to point out, you know, sometimes we can say, oh, Jesus was such a horrible man, you know. Or even when we were talking about the Pharisees, isn't it? They are such horrible people, of course they were terrible. Well, we're not much different. We all have the same feelings, the same... Maybe not, some of you are much better off. I do apologize. But certainly me, I have all those horrible feelings, you know. God, what are you doing now, honestly? Surely that must be wrong. I, I always have these arguments with the Lord, you know, trying to put him right, but I don't ever seem to win. <laughs> so that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing, um, obviously this whole thing now is set in the Passover time, which was the most important time for the Israelites, the most important occasion of the whole year. And you probably all know what the old Passover is about, if you don't, you need to go back and read Exodus. There's a good study for you. It's when God re- uh, rescued the Israelites out of Egypt and he sent the angel of death. And the only way for them not to get killed is by slaughtering a lamb and put the blood on the doorposts. And it's all full of pictures and symbols, you know, but all this was only to explain what Jesus did later on. And in this scenario now, they're in this season of the Passover. But the interesting thing is, not once is a lamb mentioned when they're having the Passover. Now, the lamb is the most important thing of the whole Passover feast. And apparently, the lamb didn't get slaughtered till the day after. So they shouldn't actually have had this meal then. But of course, why isn't the lamb mentioned? Because he's the lamb, isn't he? He's the one who got slaughtered. And he provided the way out. He provided the blood. And that's why Jesus says, take it. This is my body. Eat it. Drink it. And they were totally offended by that. They said, what is he talking about? I can't eat his blood and his body. I mean, this is ridiculous. And people were very upset, very confused, very disorientated. And a lot of people left. They couldn't take it. And of course, a lot of the people who thought they knew, like those hypocrites and those Pharisees and all those, the problem is they were taught all these things for centuries. They studied it. They knew it all. And they just couldn't quite make the move. They were so entrenched. Now, are you ever stuck in the way you think? Probably none of you are ever (laughs) stuck. But, you know, you are, we say you are, you know, you are what you eat, isn't it? 
Is that, that a saying? Yeah. But you also, you are where you've come from, your culture, which school you've gone to, who has taught you, what you watch, what you read. That all makes who you are, isn't it? And if we just all admit, we are all blinkered. None of us have got the full truth, yeah? Unless one of you is different, yeah? I'd like to meet the person who's got it all. <laughs> we all are blinkered, whether we like it or not. The way we look at it, none of us is 100% right at, at any time. And we all, in, in our own mind, if we just try and work it out in our own mind, we'll never get to the end of it. Because we are limited. The only way out of this is how? How can we ever get out of this? To get more, the real truth. Huh? It's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's the spirit of truth. That's the only way we're going to start understanding. Because we cannot understand God. Did you know that? We cannot understand God? It's impossible. Because our brains are a bit small, a little bit small. But we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate us. And again, the only difference between the people who got it and the ones who didn't get it is that the ones who didn't get it tried to work it out in their own way, in their own mind. And the other one said, I cannot work this out. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Yeah? And then you get revelation, isn't it? Then you, because it's supernatural. It's not our own. We, I mean, don't, don't stop using your brains, you know. The Lord has given us a brain to use, so keep asking questions, keep researching. You, that's why we've got the Bible. There's no end to it. Keep digging, keep finding, and you will understand a lot more. But at the end of the day, it's by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And so my little point down there is, where, am I, where are my blind spots? And how does that influence the activity of the Holy Spirit in my life? Because... The way we are trained and educated and brought up does sometimes prevent us from, from allowing the Holy Spirit because we think we know it, it's pride, whatever it may be. And I think we all have that problem, not just me, I hope. <laughs> so that's my other challenge to you. Think about where your blind spots are. Why is it the way you think that way? Why do you think you're right and the other one is wrong? Huh? I don't think you're always right. Maybe you're right sometimes. But we all need to be constantly changed. The renewal of our mind, that's what it says in Romans, isn't it? Because our minds are like a computer that needs to be reconfigured. My husband knows a lot about that. We need to put a new tape on there, you know. Upgrade, that's the one, upgrade. We need to be upgraded by the Holy Spirit. More memory, yes. More RAM, is that RAM? Yeah. More processing speed. Yeah, 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 that's all that. That's, that's what we need, yeah? More storage, yeah? Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to shut it all down and start again, don't you? Sometimes you just have to switch off the computer, leave it for a bit, and put the start button on again and reboot the whole thing. Yeah? It's actually good, you know, using those picture languages because 
that it helps us to understand. So the last thing I want to talk about is about the way Jesus prays. And this is probably one of the most important passages of the whole Bible because it actually gives us an insight into Jesus' heart. And you might think, how did they even know what he said at the time? Because nobody was there. But you know when Jesus came back from the dead, when he was resurrected, he had a long 40 days of teaching. So he probably told them about it, what he went through. Now, I, I hadn't actually never thought of the, like this before till I started studying for this preach, is that the, what Jesus prays in this in Gethsemane actually mirrors the Lord's Prayer that he was teaching the disciples in chapter 6. He uses the same phrases. And it's like he practices what he preaches, even himself. And what I wanted to point out here is this whole thing about Jesus actually, this whole problem of him being fully God and fully man, right? This is at the basis of everything. And whether we like it or not, we cannot understand how that works. How can he be fully God and fully man? If you can understand it, please come and tell me. But we all try and understand it. But we can't fully understand it. It's like uh, square, um, squaring a circle. Is that how you say it? And a square hole, square peg in a round hole or the other way around. And it's all these things. How can he be fully God? And how can he be fully man? And you know all these big questions that theologians go on for hundreds and hundreds of years, like predestination and free will. How can everything be known by God beforehand? And how can we have free will? How does that work? How can both be true? How can that both be true? Because it's either one or the other, isn't it? But somehow both is true. But we cannot fully understand how it works. But the only thing we can do is just keep pressing in, pressing in, and ask the Holy Spirit to eliminate. And one of the things is by looking how Jesus wrestles in Gethsemane. Because, you know, I actually believe Jesus could have said no. Do you believe that? I hope that's theologically sound. But I believe he could have turned it down. Now, where would we be then? Big trouble, eh? And I mean, that's the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam chose not to trust God. But Jesus, because Jesus didn't, he did understand. Because it says very clearly, it is written. He keeps saying, it is written. He knew why he was here. And you know, all the teaching that came before, all these sermons, in a way, that was only uh, an introduction to what's happening now. This is really what he came for, to die, which is totally not, I can't sort of fit into our head, isn't it? But that was his job. He came to die. And all the teaching he did before, everything before, the whole of the Old Testament is explaining why. And if you don't know why, you have to just keep digging, asking the Lord to give you revelation. What is it all about? What did he actually achieve? What happened? And that's all I ever do, is ask the Lord, what really happened on the cross? And you know when he was asking his father, 
So my father, if it is possible, made his cup be taken from me. I don't think he was asking not to go to the cross. Anyway, that's how, how people look at it, because we, we, don't, we don't know fully, but he's probably asking, Lord, is there another way? Can this cup of suffering be taken away? Or my father, then he said, if it's not possible, but then he's, he's always saying, but your will be done. He didn't even really understand exactly, probably. I don't know. Yeah? So he obviously understood a lot of more than we did. But even though he was fully God, he knew that this was what he was appointed for. But when he was also fully man, he had his doubts. You know? He went through all those emotions that we go through when we don't, we just can't quite figure it out. And, Lord, what is going on? What, what's happening? And he, he was in despair. This, it says in another gospel that he sweated blood. And apparently you can explain that medically, that if you're in so much stress, that blood actually comes out. So he was in agony. Now, any of you ever been in agony? In mental agony, you know, where you just can't work it out. That's what he went through as well. And I think this is a really precious thing that we can have an insight in that. That he had to go through all this. Because he was put into temptation as well, wasn't he? But he had to make these choices. It didn't come easy to him either. And he had to just refocus his mind on the father, you know. But obviously, he did make the right decisions in the end, fortunately. Praise God for that. Yeah. But it didn't come easy to him either, you know. It didn't. But he knew exactly why he had come. He knew this was what he had to do. But it didn't didn't prevent him from having to go through all the agony of it. So, uh, as your homework, I put down a few uh, passages you can look at and just keep meditating on that, but also to let that sort of sink in, you know, to how he identified with us and how we can identify with him. And and this whole agony, anybody ever finds it difficult to be a Christian? Yeah? Well, partly that is not just because you're weak and miserable and a failure and all that, you know. It's because we are in a between world. We are between this world and the next. And it's, it's a pressure that we are all under, you know. And we see some things that are resolved and some things are not resolved and some things will never be resolved. Do you ever think, when I get to heaven, I will ask him all these questions? Now, I've got a long list of questions. The only thing I, I've, the only problem I have is probably when I get there, I forget them all. And they won't. It's so frustrating, isn't it? So I keep thinking, oh, I really want to know about this. You know, Lord, why is it like that? But I probably won't even bother when I get there. Yeah, that's a trouble. So anyway, but so things will eventually be resolved, but we can't get away from this in between. We are pilgrims, it says in Hebrews. So we are, we are part of this kingdom and part of the next kingdom, and that causes a lot of pressure. So it's not just you being a miserable old so-and-so. 
it's because we are all in this situation where we are pressured from both sides. That's what we are in, and that's the situation. So take heart, be encouraged. We're all in this together. <laughs> so I shall finish here, and I would encourage you to keep studying and keep digging uh, and pursuing these, these things because the Lord helps us to get more revelation. It was expand our memory, our RAM or whatever it's called, yeah? So I'm just going to pray. And, and like I said, I, I think I'm going to send this out to everybody because for those of you who didn't get a copy. So, Lord, we do pray that you will help us to make these choices, Lord, every day, Lord, every minute of our lives. We have to make a choice. Sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder. But the other difference between one or the other side is love, and love, doesn't, love is above understanding sometimes. It doesn't mean we don't have to understand, but it surpasses it, Lord. And when we are in this love relationship with you, then we can submit, even if we don't understand, Lord. So help us to get into that place, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, where we can choose to trust you in spite of all the questions, in spite of all the unanswered questions, in spite of all the pain and the agony, Lord. And then you say that you will bless us, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit, and help us on as we persevere on this way with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.